0: What's going on, everybody? Mike Stather here. Carl be with you. Back at you with the Obsession Podcast. Carl, yeah. How the hell
1: are you? I am freaking outstanding, Mike. Let me tell you. I
0: knew it. I knew it.
1: Yeah. Two weeks, baby. That is not made up. No, that's a fact.
0: Two weeks. We're heading to South Dakota. Velvet mule deer. I said. I said velvet mule deer. Mm. Mmm. The only. The only thing that's better than mule deer. Velvet mule deer. That's correct. That's it. Nice. You, s- you speak the truth, my friend. Oh, but anyway, I don't brag on that, but antelope. we have an antelope take too. We do. So we don't like to brag unless you like to listen. Correct. Uh, so I got a question. What do you got? And this pertains to what we're going to do. Oh, boy. So it's perfect. Nice. What are some of the most common problems we see on bad long distance shooting? Bad long-distance shooting. I think somebody might have been filming us. Oof. That would have been bad footage. There was moments. <laughs> there's always been moments. Uh, we've been pretty successful as of late. Huh? <clears throat> yes. Uh, let's see. Bad long-distance shooting. Yeah, I, I, I talked to, there's a couple of guys, I see them quite a bit at the gym. Yeah. have gotten into going out west elk hunting and stuff like that. So um, they ask me questions, don't listen to what I say anyway yeah but uh, I like to know your thoughts Mike, but I don't care I don't care <laughs> which is normal right, right. so you know I, I a lot of things I see that people tell me are that I, I don't really see them anymore because you and I should be there yeah so but things that we've experienced over the years um, I think one of the biggest ones to me is people really trying to, Look at that pin. Yeah. And and when I say that pin, your sight pin, they really try to stare that pin into something. Um, Carl and I have always called it float that pin. Yeah. yeah. Float that pin over your kill zone. Um, the shot's gonna go when the shot's ready to go. Yeah. You know, in our case, that's what we call it. Yep. Um, we both shoot a, a a back tension release with a trigger. Yep. Um, so not not a true back tension, but you know back with a back pull trigger yeah that's in our palm um, and the shot just goes the best shots we've ever made we never knew we pulled the not pulled it off no they just go um, but when you're really trying to put that pin on something you're going to be very unsteady especially the longer out you get yeah more things like I don't think people see and you and I know this that sight picture is so much different right when you get out i would say 50 yeah it starts yep and it just gets humongous out to you know 100.
1: there's a lot going on in your sight picture from that 50 to 100 100 plus yard range and a lot of people lose sight of that like exactly what you're saying they're concentrating so hard on that pin so number one we'll start with pin size okay you and i both shoot 10 thousandths pins Okay, so a 19,000's pin, uh, we have had 19,000's mm-hmm. pins. A 19,000's pin on a full-size mule deer at 80 yards, which is a common shot for us, pretty much covers up the whole, like right behind the shoulder, top to bottom on the animal, when you're at full draw, looking through that. So if you're trying to just center that on the animal, and then trying to drive it into one location on that, like in the vitals, you can't really see the vitals and hold it there anyway. And if you're concentrating on it, the harder you drive towards that target, the more what happens is, is uh, your mind's trying to control that pin and you lose sight of everything else. So whether or not your um, peep and your frame of your housing for your site line up squarely, so all of a sudden you'll start to see what happens. This is overemphasized, but, people will actually start to lose half their frame. You do that now, half that frame, let's just say an eighth of an inch on that frame at 80 yards is like a foot and a half. You're not hitting it. Yeah, you're gonna go over it or under it depending on whatever. Uh, Other parts, levels. Levels are huge. When you're shooting long distances, side hills, well when we're out west, mountain hills, hillsides, mountains, all that uphill downhill shots being square being level is the most important part of the whole framing side aspect of it when you're concentrating on that animal if you look and just pinpoint with your eye where you want that to hit this is where the ten thousandth pin comes in a little bit easier for this what i see is the animal and just a little bit of a blur where my pin is and that pin is floating in that kill zone and i'm pushing with my front arm, driving it towards the target and pulling back, squeezing my shoulder blades together to make a good shot. My like you said, we use a thumb trigger. You and I both shoot a carter just cuz that we've modified to basically a two-finger setup. Archer. Archer likes the carters. Archer's approving the carter. He likes them. And then we let that pin float (laughs) in that kill zone and then shot breaks. If your eye is concentrating on that. Nine times out of ten you're gonna actually
0: pull and break where you're actually. Yep. In. Yeah, the you know I think another thing too, or Carl's saying on that is you're pushing your pull. A lot of people don't push and pull. Um and, and they don't follow through. There's a follow through with a bowl like there is on anything else you do. Um, and I see a lot of people, you know, they want to pull that shot off and they just drop that bowl. They yep. just drop it away. Yep. You know, and I'm one of the best shots I make is I hold that bowl the whole time pull it off and the bow is still extended out in my arm. Yep. You know, and then I then I look after that. And it's a good habit. Yeah. I think to do. You see, I don't know I don't know if this has gotten cool or what, but you know what I'm gonna say with the, the nose tip? With the yeah the hole falling away out of your hand. It's stupid. I wanna tell you that. Yeah. I don't know what it is or where this started. Well people see I think Olympic archers. Yeah, well that's great. Like they're shooting a recurve. Yeah. But you're not going to make good shots doing that. No. You know, it's not a, it's not a good form to have. Right. You know, um, and I'm sure we'll get a bunch on that, but anyway, <laughs> you know, that'll be good. Yeah. But it's not. You know, holding that form, and like Carl says, when your, your sight window and your peep are coming out of alignment, you're doing something wrong.
1: Right.
0: That you should never be doing because every time you pull your bow up and you pull back and you anchor, it should be at the exact same spot every time. Yeah, every time, every time. No matter if you're shooting 20 yards or you're shooting 120 yards, you yep. should come up and anchor. Your hand should be the same. Yeah, you know your peep should be. The, everything should be the same. Yep. No matter what the yardage no. is. No matter what. If if you're changing you have to stop. It's not your bow, it's not anything else. <laughs> what happens, I noticed over
1: years for most people <clears throat> to shoot longer distances, and any of you guys that have done this, you'll notice this, as you get to 50 and above, what happens is all of a sudden it feels like you're changing your squareness. Mm-hmm. So you're squaring up, and if you watch Mike and I shoot, we'll square the peep up with the frame, and then you'll actually see that that squareness stays consistent. You tip at the waist. You don't don't bring your shoulder up or shoulder down or whatever else, because at that point, now you're starting to torque everything and your bowl gets way out of shape and you're hit left, right, up, down, you have no controllability on it. Um, I think the one you filmed last year when I shot my mule deer, if you look at the video footage, you see, and it was a 60 degree downhill angle, I'm bent at the waist and my frame is square. Mm If I took my arm and went down like this,
0: I'd shoot over that deer every time. I just wanted to add that that was great footage. For 700 yards. 700 yards away. By the way, free hand. <laughs> I, just wanted to tell you I just wanted to throw that out there, just not to get off talk, but it was great. I know a guy. <laughs> just saying. But yeah, it's it's a square thing, like exactly what Carl says. and It's the same thing in a tree stand, uh, making a 30-yard shot below you. Oh, yeah. You're not dropping your arms to do it. You're still tilting your whole body down to make that shot. Your bow arm, front and rear, should not be moving. No, your you know, frame not, should stay square. Yes, and it's tipping at the waist. Yeah, it's always tipping at the waist. And it has uh, a core workout. Core every day. Every day. So you know another big thing, and Carl's big on this, and I learned this from him. Is uh, a lot of people like to draw their bow from the bottom up. Yeah and you're usually going to make low shots. It just is what it's going to be, and try it. If you don't believe me, do it. (laughs) Draw your bow from the ground, pull it up to the target where you think it's going to make a shot, and then draw your bow up high, settle it in square, bring it down to the target, make your shot, and I will guarantee you that every time it's going to be a better shot. Yeah,
1: and that might not happen, like let's
0: just say the first 10 shots, but shoot
1: 20, 25 arrows, then do it. That's where it's going to show you, because now you're fatigued, your body's fatigued. Mm -hmm. and Here's the deal with archery. For me, and I was taught this by somebody a long, long time ago, uh, a guy I've got great respect for, is when you start engaging muscle is when you start losing controllability. So If I go to full draw, my bow's below here, and I, I go like this, and bring my arm up, and I'm engaging this muscle right here, My frame is iffy at that point, where if I square up just above the target, lock everything into place, and then come down to it, I will stay on the target, and it won't drop below it. Um, If your bow is set up properly, too, that's the other part of things, too. There's a lot of equipment things. You uh, you guys watch Mike and I shoot a lot of weight on V-bars on our bows, and everybody's like, well, you don't need all that stuff for shooting white tails, or I don't even know why you guys carry that stuff, because our bows are like 9 and 10 pounds. You know and uh, people don't understand that well it's that way for a reason it's weighted that direction it makes everything easier if I can't carry 10 pounds and there's something wrong with me anyway that's yeah trouble. that's trouble
0: but that will help you shoot better also when it's having a yeah, bullet that's set up correctly but. you know another thing is that weight that mm-hmm. Carl was talking about uh, making longer shots you know the weight just makes your bow stable yeah and wind is it's, free all that. Yeah, wind is free I and mean, yeah. there's a lot of it. Yeah. Um, the weights, you know, the back bars, the front bars aren't for looks on our boat. Every one of them is weighted, um, both sides on the back and the front. It um, is weighted for us to run our tactic cams off the front, which we shoot our tactic cams on all the time. Yep. They never come off the boat. Indoor league, outdoor, it's everything. It's part of our weight system, so we have that figured in. Yep. Um, it's a huge deal uh if you've never been out west and you start shooting those long shots a, a small wind out there once you get your hole out in front of you is going to blow you around yeah so the more you got to help stabilize that helps which right. is why we run those weights and we learned that years ago we made a lot of our own stuff ran our own weights for a long time yeah. um, and then have just progressed from there but uh we can yeah. actually the, the other part of things
1: too is now you know we're talking bow at that point and don't over don't shoot a poundage you can't handle number one cold or hot yeah. you know if you're if you're struggling with 70 pound bows in the heat you sure the heck don't want to do it when it's 35 below zero and we're in North Dakota big
0: big big issue 50 pound bow will go through a mule deer oh yeah easy or an antelope or an elk yeah I mean, yeah you're making shot placement is everything yeah you know, see you're not you know not to get into the kinetic energy thing yeah but the gains are not massive they're minimal like um, that poundage you know
1: yeah we don't even want to get into the no, talk it's, of that it's, stuff that
0: has nothing to do with it so do something you can do easier it's a lot easier if you can pull a 50-pound back, and you can make better shots and it's an set of 50 pounds a really good friend of mine <laughs> my best friend says control what you can control
1: I know that guy. That's correct. And control what you can control. Control what you can control. And your poundage is one of them things that you can control. Don't shoot 70 pounds because everybody and their brother tells you you got to shoot a 70 pound bow when you're out west because you're going to be shooting 70, 80 yards. Well, poundage is minimal speed and energy, all that crap. Yeah. Okay, Arrows. We'll bring this part up. I'm not going to get into kinetic energy. I'm not going to get into any of that. An arrow that is quiet out of your bow will be far more successful, even if it's slower, yeah. because it's quiet. So play with your arrow combinations. Don't shoot a really, really light arrow to go really, really fast when your string goes Yeah. You don't want your bow loud. You want your bow as quiet as possible. That's the other thing you notice about our bows and how we set things up. Uh, arrow-wise, we shoot a 4 vane configuration. Reason we shoot four, number one, we use fixed blade broadheads. Number two, fixed blade broadheads are the best broadhead out there, just throwing it out. Anyway, number two (laughs) is we found that down range you have more controllability. Now with the three-vane configuration, that 70 to 75-yard range with our arrows, we're starting, and we've got a large forward to center, which is almost 17%, just so you're aware. Uh, we we're starting to lose a little bit of controllability just because uh, I think the fixed blade broadhead was, as it was slowing down, was starting to take over. Nice. So we went to four veins. As far as we know, it's our, all of our testing, which is That's we've been shooting configuration now That's for a shot. seven, eight yeah, years at really least. Quite some time. Um, oh, going down. We're good out to one twenty. We hold well, not three not, inch group uh, at a hundred yards. going down. He went down. Um, it's just. Just a really good setup all the way around. That being said, faith in your equipment helps you make better shots all the way out.
0: Uh, I mean, we shot a couple weeks ago. Both of us were shooting not good. No. You know, it it isn't our bow. No. We knew we were just overthinking things, even though we've done it a million times. So don't think if you get good at it, you're just always going to be good at it. No. Yeah, (laughs) do not assume... uh,
1: you know, because we're shooting our leagues, our, a long shot in our league was what, 35 yards? Yeah,
0: 30 it's nothing.
1: Yeah, and then every every night when we would walk off the course, we would have bunkers that were out a long ways and we would judge the yardage and take, you know, 70s, between 60 and 100 yard shot yeah. and just can check in our equipment, make sure the left and rights are good and all of that. If we misjudge the yardage, well, that's easy to see.
0: We're throwing a, we're guessing on a 70 yard Target and we're shooting, and our left and right is perfect, and it's six or eight inches low. I'm like, that's a great shot. Yeah, because we're doing that without a range finder. Right. So right there it tells you, and hey, your bow. Right. You know, and those are just making a shot. It's just pulling up, and making a shot. Yeah. You know, and the biggest thing is repetitive. Yeah, your
1: form is what's going to save you at long, long yardages. It's very important. You have to have you have to have perfect form
0: for long yardage shots. It's that dang simple because um, everything that can go wrong is amplified 10 times. Oh, yeah. You know, I'll pass, I'll, I'll say even 40 yards. Oh,
1: yeah. You know. Yeah. there's plenty of aspects we can get into to talk about practice and all of that, but that, in general, that's what we do. Um, firm believers in the thousandths pin for longer yardages just because it doesn't cover up the whole vital of the animal. If you are shooting 19 and you're comfortable with that frame and how that looks at longer yardages you have to be able to concentrate on the animal and you'll notice if you're concentrating on the animal and not specifically on that pin that you'll get a haze in the pin and see the whole animal. Especially I would also recommend this, shoot with both eyes open. I am not a firm believer in one eye closed. Even though you'll see it every now and then, if you open up both eyes, you get that frame of the whole animal, and your pin hazes to just the kill zone. At least that's how it works for me. Um, and then you just let that pin float in that position and push and pull until that shot breaks. Nine times out of ten, you'll be right it. I close both
0: my eyes. Do you? When I shoot, yeah. And how's it work for you? It's been pretty good. Yeah.
1: Well. yeah. Yeah, you seem to be pretty uh, effective. Sometimes I think
0: they're closed. Well, yeah, there aren't those (laughs) moments. I'll add just one quick thing, too, and I changed this probably three or four years ago was uh, my peep size. I I went to a smaller peep, which, yes, I know the light and low light, it's not as much, but now my peep and my sight are the same size when I line them up. So my peep is not bigger than my sight window where my sight fin is. I don't want to see around it. I just want to see through the sight. If you guys have paid uh, attention <clears throat> in the archery industry,
1: there was a company. and They make what they call the IQ sight. Okay, the IQ sight <clears throat> is not any different than matching your peep sight to your frame on your scope. Okay, and the reason for that is it keeps you in alignment. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's when I think I told you to do that. Right? Go to the three sixteenths. So. We shoot, we both hunt with a 3-16th peep, uh, which isn't small, but it's not big. Um, with a 3 peep, it frames up real well with our with our scope frame. So now, if those are centered, just like this, where you can see through both, you know that your form is square, you know the bow is square. You hit your level, look at your level, and you look at your level one time, guys. Yeah. you don't don't fixate on your level (laughs) don't fixate on your pin look at your level one time aim the thing aim the pin hold the pin where you want it to go squeeze 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 shot breaks if you're taking you know what happens is people make mistakes they go to full draw and they're sitting there for 20 seconds you know but you gotta let it down or don't push the shot i mean if the animal's staring at you you know but i mean i I have a hard time. I won't shoot if if I if I don't usually shoot in that ten to fifteen second range. I usually don't shoot. I'll let it down and see what happens. Um,
0: You got to know when to shoot and when not to shoot too. Shooting long distances, you know. It's like Kenny Rogers said: you got to know when to hold them, when to fold them, (laughs) know when to walk away, Carl. You got to know when to walk away. (laughs) That's true, but.
1: that's kind of how we look at things. I think uh, that covers covers the long distance shooting. You know, you got to practice a lot, uh, making sure your form is square, making sure your bow is good. Have confidence in your bow. If you, for any reason, don't aren't confident of your uh, of your bow, um, you need to work harder on it or have somebody help you with it so you are confident. You should never draw your bow back and think, oh, there's a chance I can miss.
0: You ever think that? No, no, that's right. I think. People are probably wondering, who the hell Kenny Rogers? <laughs> <laughs> I don't
1: know. If you yeah. okay. Anyway, moving on. We appreciate you guys watching. <laughs> if you get a chance, remember to subscribe, hit the reaper in the lower right-hand corner. We appreciate that. If you want to listen to podcasts podcast, hit
0: us off at Google, iHeart. Apple. Apple. RSS. RSS. Amazon. YouTube. Spotify yeah but we're everywhere baby yeah everyday guys trying to help everyday hunters people like and subscribe we really appreciate it we got some stuff coming up we're going to give away if we get the five thousand 5, subscribers so check it out get in there
1: like Hi it Radio uh, if you guys got any questions or anything you'd like us to answer or anything you'd like to talk about uh, we're more willing to have a discussion with everybody And uh, guys get a chance to subscribe to the YouTube channel. We sure would appreciate that. you're not happy with this, you're just,
0: you can't be happy. That's all I'm going to say. But I'm going to call Carl, too, and Phil's here behind the camera. And I got my wife here. We're going to get him out of here and take some pictures.